Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. So how is everyone feeling this morning? Here we are in the month of May, the first Sunday to be exact. Can you believe it? And here I go again, sounding like a broken record, right? But this year is really moving quickly. Let me ask you all a question. Can you remember last year at this time? Time was moving like a snail, not flying by at all. It was actually dragging. It seemed like every day had 48 hours in it. Now, before you can turn around, the day is over and not to mention the week. I am especially sensitive to the movement of time because I have the pleasure of being with all of you each and every Sunday, right? And I love speaking to you guys on Sunday because I usually have so much information to share with all of you that trying to fit it in all within the hour has been a challenge. But I have learned that in this race, we are in it for the duration. So if I begin something and I need to continue, I can speak about it on the following Sunday. I'm not racing with anyone, right? It's my show, so I can stretch it out for as long as I want. But I always had it in my mind like, oh, I have to hurry up and get through this. I want to make sure I give them all all the information. But hey, I'm learning. I'm still learning, right? Every day is a learning process with us, right? So I usually try to complete the topics in one week. Because the next week brings its own set of information. But with the help of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God, I will get through it week after week. As I always do, right? I don't anticipate anything to change, do you? So now, let's see. What else do I have to say? Oh, yes. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 5013C organization 
all of your donations, anything that you give to us will be greatly appreciated. If you'd like to make a donation because you like what you hear on the air, go to our webpage at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Hit the donate button. We will greatly appreciate it. We will greatly appreciate it. I know I will. I love when you people join in and listen to all the things that we have to say here on the radio. It gives us all an opportunity to express and to um, give up information and music because it's not just informational shows that come on here. We have music shows. We have comedy. I believe some people do comedy as well. I haven't caught up with the latest shows that are on the air now because we have a lot of new shows and I haven't been able to catch any of them, but I do intend to listen to find out what else is happening. So let's see. I think I cleared the air with everything. Oh, I can mention this now. If you guys have missed any of my previous shows and would like to tune in to see what I was saying before, you can go to my webpage on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, What Would Kay Say? There you will have a list of my archive shows, and I am also on Spotify and on iTunes. Now, I have begun to notice a pattern with my shows. Lately, it appears that God has elevated the topics to a higher level. And I say that, when I say that, I mean, God had us learning about what is the formation of a character, you know, how you form how what is the formation of character? how to renew your mind, how habits are formed. S topics like that, which were really like ground level. And now, now he has elevated, he has elevated our topics to where everything we've learned last year, we are now applying this year into our life. And I don't know if all of you have noticed that, but I've noticed that when he's given me topics to speak about, they're more in depth. They're more, they are more to the understanding of the scriptures in depth, as opposed to teaching you the principles of living a more abundant life. And I'm kind of excited about that. I'm excited about it because to me, that shows me that he feels that we're ready to take on new information because we would be able to digest it and really utilize it to the way we should, you know. We're on the level where we can understand what he's trying to tell us. And I'm excited about that. I'm totally excited about that because that makes me see that I'm also elevated to the level where he feels I'm able to deliver the message to you like that. Because if I weren't able to deliver, it's one thing for me to be able to understand it for myself because I understand a lot of the scriptures, 
but it's one thing to understand something for yourself and then to be able to teach it to others so that they can understand it and implement it in their lives. And I'm happy to see that he trusts me now at the level that he has me at, that he feels that yes, not only does she understand what it is I'm telling her, but she is able to give it to the people the way I want them to have it in a language that they can clearly understand what she's saying. Although sometimes I know you guys are like, what is she talking about? But <laughs> that's another subject. You asking the question, what is she talking about? Is another, that's a whole nother arena. He knows what I'm talking about when he gives it to me to tell you. And he knows exactly who I'm speaking to when I say it in the manner that I do. So for those of you who question in your mind at some points, what is she talking about? That part of the message wasn't for you because if it were for you, you would understand what I was talking about. And here I go. I digress again today. Today, my friends, we are going to look at the prophet Ezekiel. Now, I always used to laugh when I used to think about the prophet Ezekiel, because the way they used to talk about him, you know, he walked around barefoot. His hair was always a wreck, they would say. But, you know, I'm like, <laughs> for historians to know those details about an individual, were they listening to the messages he have he had to give or were they just looking at his appearance somewhat like what we do today does anybody really listen to the message that someone has or are they just checking out their attire anyway ezekiel today we're going to we're going to talk about the prophet ezekiel and i want to start off by saying ezekiel means strengthened by god he was a hebrew prophet that lived during the Babylonian captivity. And he is most remembered for the prophecies of his visions. God spoke to Ezekiel in visions. And these prophecies can be found in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel. Those prophecies are the divine chariot, the valley of the dry bones, and the third temple. Now today... We are going to speak about the Valley of the Dry Bones. And the scripture for that story can be found in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. So we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14 and 28. So let us begin. You could turn with me, if you have your Bibles handy, to Ezekiel chapter 37, and I will be reading from, I will be reading from the New King James Version, Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. 
And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? What do you think you would have responded if God had taken you into a valley and asked you this question? Most of us would have probably thought, no, but knowing who God is, we would have responded like Ezekiel and said, oh Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on your on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe on the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will, then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Wow. Blessed is the reading of God's word. Father God, right now, I ask that you give me guidance when interpreting your word to your people. Help me to deliver this message with clarity and understanding for all that have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So now, when God spoke to Ezekiel and asked if the bones could come to life, the prophet is unsure and replies to God that only he knows that the prop, that the bones can live. We see in verse 11, God tells Ezekiel that the bones are a representative of Israel. How the people of Israel were crying out to God saying that their bones were dry and that they had lost all hope. How they were cut off because they were in captivity to the Babylonians. Now, we could look at this section of the scripture as it pertains to how we are living today. 
we can look at these bones as a metaphor of how we are moving or not moving today. The dry bones represent us as Christians. We have become lifeless in our endeavors to promote the agenda of the kingdom. We are living in a wasteland of injustice, persecution, and opposition. And I know when I speak like that, some of you are looking around like, what is she talking about? Well, let's just think about it. Every day we see in the news, mass shootings take place at blah, blah, blah. You can fill in anywhere USA. Unarmed man killed at the hands of the police in blah, blah, blah. You can fill in anywhere USA. Person attacked for being of Asian descent in the city of blah, blah, blah. You can fill in anywhere USA. The jobless rate is still X percent due to coronavirus in blah, blah, blah. You can fill in anywhere USA. I am sure that you are getting my point. So as the Israelites felt hopeless and dry, we too sometimes feel the same way as Christians today. Feeling as though we have nothing to offer. We are scattered and broken. Weighed down with the issues of life. Not knowing how to pull ourselves together. How to come together. It is as though we, it is as though we are dead not having a clue or who our, of who our creator is. We act as though we don't know God. And I get it. Life is hard trying to survive in these streets, as people say. But who has time to think about anything else when you're just trying to survive? Who has time to think about others? As a matter of fact, you're, you're so busy trying to concentrate on yourself. Then God tells Ezekiel to speak to the bones and the flesh is put upon the bones, reminding us of who we are and we are brought back to life. But are we really brought back to life? We get excited on Sunday only to slip right back into the same routine on Monday, going through the motions as someone I know would say, air quotes, playing church. Now, when God tells Ezekiel to breathe into the bones, he is telling him to give the bones life through the spirit because it is the Holy Spirit that Ezekiel is breathing into the bones, just as God breathed life into Adam in Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. The Holy Spirit has to be revived in us. When we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were given the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into all things Christ. John 16, 13 tells us that, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, 
he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now we know that Christ promised us that when he left, he would send the comforter to be with us. And that comforter was the Holy Spirit. When you think about it in the old Testament, they had God. God himself was moving and showing the children of Israel the way. In the New Testament, we had Jesus moving and showing the children of Israel the way. And after, after the death and resurrection of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit moving and showing not only the children of Israel, but the Gentiles as well, the way. Acts 1, 4 to 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But as we, being the humans that we are, they asked the question using their limited understanding of what Jesus was trying to say to them. They asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Single focus. That's all they had was single focus, even after being with him all that time. And Jesus replied to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons, which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So now we're skipping over to Acts chapter 2, Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This speaking of other tongues, I believe was the languages of the nations that they needed to get the message to so that it would be understood by everyone who Christ was and why he came. It is by this Holy Spirit today that we will be able to share the gospel. It is by this Holy Spirit that we will be able to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. It is by this Holy Spirit that we are able to do anything regarding the church or to follow what God has for us to do. Just as when Jesus was with the disciples and he told them that he would send them a comforter when he left 
and he told them to wait until they had received the power of the spirit before they began their ministry of spreading the gospel. We too have to call on that Holy Spirit so that we can be the examples of light in the earth that we carry within ourselves, which is the spirit of the living God. And then we have Ezekiel with the bones, right? We're the bones. Some of us living in sin, some of us not. Some of us just barely living. As the church of today, we are dead to the ways of the Lord. Then we have those who know the Lord, but are slaves to tradition and rituals. What God wants us to do is live, have life, as when the Holy Spirit is within us and we are knowledgeable of all things pertaining to Christ. As Jesus stated, the Holy Spirit will always give us reference back to him. And the way that the Holy Spirit gives us reference back to him is when we read our word. The Holy Spirit can't reference something that we don't have in us already. That's why it is so imperative that you read your word so you know what it is that God is saying to you. That's God speaking to us daily in the word. But let me tell you something. We in this generation have dropped the baton. Think about it. The first church started the race, ready to pass the baton to the next set of runners coming up behind them in their lane. But today, we are not willing to stand up for what is right or just or God's will. Most of us are willing to bow down to the powers that are preaching their own agendas that will ultimately lead the people in the wrong direction. That is why, once again, I say, it is imperative that you know the word for yourself. Don't wait until Sunday to hear what a pastor says from the pulpit. Know the word. As we discussed last week, we are in a spiritual warfare. We must be armed with the sword of truth, which is the word of God, written upon our hearts. So at any given moment when we need to refer back to it, we don't have to say, oh, where's my phone? Let me turn to, oh, where's my Bible? Let me turn to, no, you might not know the scripture verbatim, but when you, when you read it enough, you will. And like I said, when you have a scripture that resonates with the situation that you're going through at the moment, you will remember those words verbatim. But if you understand what the promise is to you, if you understand what God's standard is on that situation, you won't forget it. People, we are running a race and the ones coming up behind us need to know that when they meet up with us, we have a baton to pass to them so that they can continue to run the race. Forgetting those things, those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. 
we must help them press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. They are running towards the prize that is in Christ Jesus. So whenever you can be a sign of encouragement to someone, most of the time they're looking just for someone to say, yes, you are doing well, or I don't know how to handle that situation, but it seems to me like you're doing okay with it. And it's okay to say, you know what? I never had to deal with that. But what do you think is best on how to handle this situation? Let's be a little less judgmental and a little more sympathetic to what that person might, that person might be going through. Remember, we are all dry bones looking for that breath to revive us so that we can all live. So I want to end with this and it's Ezekiel 37, 27 to 28. This is what God promises to the children of Israel after Ezekiel breathes life into the bones. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God and they shall be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. We say thank you, Lord, for always being with us in the good and the bad times. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And with that, I think we're going to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Praise is what I do. I love that song. I had to give you two throwbacks because they were just fitting for the conversation that we had at the first half of the program. So now it's time for the part of the show that we call Op-Ed. Now, this week's op-ed, I want to discuss, as usual, all the injustices going on in the world. But I don't want to stay on that because, to me, those just bring people down. It makes you aggravated. It makes you agitated. It just, it's very annoying to constantly have to talk about that. But I talk about it not to make you feel those, those emotions. I talk about it so that you don't fall back into complacency as where we were before. I want it. I talk about them because I want to keep them in the forefront so that you never forget. And that's how we never forget. Because if we keep telling the stories, if we keep telling the discussing the issues, if we keep trying to find solutions to the problem, and let me clarify that solutions to the problem, doesn't mean a mask over the problem. When I say find solutions to the problem, I mean, really look at the problem for what it is in order to find a solution. Like case in point, since Chauvin has been found guilty, they are doing a deep dive into the Minneapolis police department to see how many other cases he might have had against him, which we all know when cops do something like that. And see, that's how, you know, when cops are bad and that's how we know that the ones that are bad can be taken out of the system. Cause okay, let me back up a minute. Let me back up and truly clarify what the issue is with the police department here in America. The issue with the police department has nothing to do with defunding, taking away their money, appropriating it to other resources. We can do all that. We can do all that even if we had good cops, right? Because it's not the money that's making these rogue cops act rogue. The reason why they're acting the way that they do and they have been acting the way that they do for the number of years that they've been in a department. And I say that from the veterans to the newbies, it's a mindset. We discussed this last week when we talked about spiritual warfare. It's about the mind. What you feel about an individual, you're going to 
perpetuate it when you encounter them. Whether you believe it or not, whether you want to or not, if you have a certain thought or characteristic about a person in your mind, when you encounter them, that's always going to be in the back of your mind. The only way to rid the police department of all the red, the racism and prejudice that exists within it, you would have to revamp the revamp the entire police structure overall in every state. Every state would have to be revamped because, because every state is based on the same system. If you go back, if you remember last year when I spoke about how racism started here in America. And we went through that whole series of the birth of a nation, the movie that was made. If you think about it, right after the indigenous people here in America, the next target here in America was the African-American slaves that were brought over during the slave trade. They were the next set of people targeted with that racist rhetoric to destroy them. So if you still have that same mindset living and breathing and moving within the earth, within the United States right now, what do you think it's doing? It's doing what it set out to do. Continue to oppress and hold back the culture that it's trying to destroy. So when I say that, if that's the basis of why the police department was created in the first place, and that's the mindset that they've all been taught with, you're not going to change it by taking money away. I'm sorry. You're not going to take it by, by taking money away. That's not going to change how someone views someone in a certain light. If that's all they've been taught to see them as that's the problem. So until we actually identify the problem, which we have for years, but now it's coming to light that they, they are trying to still dance around the issue, but they notice that is they're noticing that it's a little harder to dance to music that's not playing anymore. When the music stops, it's a little harder to dance. If you don't know, if you don't know the rhythm and the beat of the song, you can't really dance to it. So since they've never known the rhythm or the beat of the song, they're trying to, uh, trying to see how they can dance and still be part of what's going. No, you have to recognize it for what it is. It is systemic, recognize it, talk about it. Not until we actually sit down and discuss, and I'm tired of sitting down and discussing anything, but until we can get to the point where everybody understands and everybody's on the same page, then you can decide what, how the solution can, what solution can be done to apply to that issue. That's the only way. But as long as every you still have some that are saying there is no issue. There is no problem. You're never going to be able to find a solution. You're never going to find it. So that's why they're doing this probe now 
into the Minneapolis Police Department, and they're finding out that Chauvin, yes, he had put his knee on someone's neck earlier. Cops don't just do something just once and, you know, that's just it. Oh, he just had a lapse in judgment. He did that the one time. He'll never do it again. No, this is a pattern of something he has done from the beginning. And I hear that they're also investigating the Louisville Police Department where Breonna Taylor was killed with the no-knock, the no-knock, uh, what do they call those? No-knock entries, whatever, whatever it's called. I'm not sure. No-knock entrances. They're investigating that police department as well. But you really want to know something? They need to go and investigate everyone's police department because just because it hasn't surfaced yet doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that that department is able to cover their tracks better than what the other departments have been covering their tracks with. So with all that being said, and we know not all cops are bad. I, I want to put that out there because once you start talking about bad cops, then everybody thinks that, oh, you're labeling everyone because that's the problem. When you talk about one particular incident, everyone wants to lump everybody under that incident. And that's the same thing that happens when it comes to black people. You'll have one person doing something and it becomes the whole entire race. What gives people when you say that a cop is bad, that cop is bad. It doesn't mean that they're all bad, but everybody just wants to lump everything into one big balloon. Oh, it's one. It's the whole bunch. No, that's not the way it works. It's the one we are all individuals. We were all created as individuals there. We are not copies of one another. We can copy one another, but we're not copies of one another. So you can think independently. All cops can think independently. It's just if they decide to choose to or not. So with that, we have to see, and we really have to put, we really have to put the emphasis on if you're a cop and you know what's going on and you know that you can make a difference, make the difference, make the difference. It doesn't have to be you against them or us versus them, or we're not divided here. You're supposed to serve and protect, serve and protect the people in the community, not serve and protect yourself from the people in the community. You have it wrong. You have it wrong. So if you're supposed to serve and protect, then do so and do so without killing us. That's all we ask. We're not saying that the ones that are out there cutting up shouldn't be brought to, shouldn't be brought to justice or should not be, you know, held accountable. But if you're holding someone accountable, hold everyone accountable because you can't tell me that it's only black people that are fighting with knives. It's only black teenagers that are fighting with knives. It's only black people that are riding around in cars with expired tags. It's only black people that may get drunk and fall asleep in their car in a drive through lane. I, I fail to believe that that is true. Cause if that's the case, then that would mean that there was that black people ran America because we would be everywhere. We would be everywhere at all times doing all things. It's impossible. What happened to all the other cultures that live here? Is America just like, just, it's just all African-Americans and we have a handful of 
cops that are going around trying to keep the peace because there's just so many of us doing everything haphazardly, I, I beg to differ. If you're going to hold a standard of justice, hold it across the board. But I say that, and it can't be done. They can't do that because that's not the way the system was designed. The system was not designed to hold justice across the board. The system was designed to hold justice against African-American people here in America. And with that, I'm going to end op-ed. And on the side of good news, well, I guess good news for some, I hear Mayor de Blasio is about to open up New York City. He wants to open it up July 1st. We'll see how that goes. I'll keep you informed. And I don't want to forget before, because my time is running short, I want to give us the word of the month for May because we are in a new month. The word of the month is going to be revive. I want to keep it in what God started us off with this month, revive. And that means to restore to life or consciousness. And that's exactly what we need right about now, to be restored to life and consciousness. And our promise for this week is going to be Philippians 3, 7, but what things we gain, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. And with that, I say COVID is still out there, people. Even though the CDD is, the CDC is saying that everyone who has been vaccinated with their two shots, you're now able to walk maskless. Do it with caution, people. Use your best discretion. I say still wear your, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance until we see enough of the numbers coming down because people are still getting COVID. People are still going to the hospital and people are still dying. It's not in massive droves as before, but it's still happening. So use your best judgment, people, and take care of yourself. Be kind to one another. Love each other. Enjoy your week, be blessed, and until God brings us together again,